Welcome to another Alive at Springwood podcast, brought to you by Springwood Presbyterian Churches, where we don't believe churches are buildings. Churches are people. Disciples of Jesus bound together in diversity by God's love, while pursuing faithfulness and vulnerability, celebration and lament, reading the Bible and prayer. May you be encouraged and God glorified by this edition. Sorry, for better or worse, I brought my own glasses. Doesn't seem to be how it's done here. All the believers had everything in common in this place. I love it. Um, you can borrow, the next person can borrow them if needed. Good to be back. Um, as I mentioned, we're in the in series about what it is to be human, and it has fallen to me to talk about. Um, us being tortured wonders. I may not answer all the questions that you raise, but I'll leave you with some things to ponder, hopefully. One of the challenges of this series, which is the big word uses, biblical anthropology, but it's really just what it, what it says in the Bible about um, being human is that there is so much in there. Um, the whole thing essentially is a message from God speaking to humans calling us to be human properly um, under him. There's lots in there. But what I'm going to do is very modest. I'm going to just focus on four passages, really four verses, um, and make a few reflections on each one um, and hopefully sort of walk through what it is, what the human experience is. Um, I hope we've got a PowerPoint coming. Yeah. <laughs> While we're getting there, the first passage is Genesis. Oh, brilliant, we're here. Um, we can just flick on to the next slide. This is the first passage. First thing I want to say is that we are wondrously made. So in Genesis chapter 2, we're just in verse 7. This is the creation story, the second, of the, second sort of version of the story. Genesis 2, 7, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Um, as humans, we tend to think too little and too much of ourselves. Um, this is a brilliant verse. Um, it's worth remembering that we are dirt, or at least we're made from dirt. We're chemicals and we're atoms and we're matter. We have a body. We're made from dirt. But we're not just made from dirt. We're not just chemicals. We're not just atoms who are sort of deterministically following the laws of physics. Our brains are not just electrons flying around. We're more than that. We are eternal beings. We are eternal, immortal spirit beings. God breathed the breath of life into us. Um, now, partly this just means he made the dirt alive. And, and that's pretty wondrous full stop. We still have no idea what it, the diff, real difference is between stuff that's alive and stuff that's dead. Certainly no um, chance of being able to make it happen. It's still a mystery what makes a living thing a living thing. And, and at the very least, it's this, but it's more than this. God didn't just make us matter that can move and do things, but we are matter that 
is filled with his spirit. We are eternal beings that have souls. We'll live forever. Um, we're necessarily embodied, I think. We're souls that live in bodies, but we are eternal souls. Um, Ray read out that quote. It's a great quote from C.S. Lewis. We're not, you've never met a mere person. You've met in, everyone here is an immortal spirit being, and that's wondrous and amazing. Can we just grab the next slide? Uh, might seem like a strange illustration. I want to talk about trees for a second because you've got to feel the wonder a bit. I don't know if you know this about trees, but trees can share. So if you have a row of trees like this, I don't know whether this is true of all trees, certainly true of some trees, where a tree on one end might not be getting enough nutrients, and so the trees can pass nutrients along through their root systems, through the dirt, from one end to the other. They're separate trees, the roots aren't joined together. Just ponder that for a second. How does that work? How does the tree on this end even know what's going on? Now, I'm not suggesting the trees are sentient, have brains, but they have some sort of conscious. There's something really stunning and amazing going on there. This world is sort of built moral, if that's the right way of putting it. It's built with God's sort of presence in it, and it just does these amazing extraordinary things um, if you play classical music to plants they grow better what's going on there how on earth does that work um, and that's just trees this is sort of like one of jesus if it's like this for them how much more for us how, this world is profoundly deeply sort of breathed in by breathed by god and it's wondrous and that's you as well. You're wondrous. You're wondrously made. Second verse. So made. Um, as humans, we are also wondrously purposed. Verse 5. You have made them, you have made us, Lord, a little lower than the angels. Or some, it's actually like the heavenly beings, like little g gods. It's a huge word. Um, we're made extraordinarily highly purposed and you've crowned us with glory and honor we're made for glory and you've given us a job you've made them rulers over the works of your hands and you put everything under their feet um, when you see rulers here it's not like dictator it's more like overseer or pastor or um, carer it's that sort of ruling like a farmer and we've been given this job. You are a responsible moral agent. You're not just a living, breathing being, but you're a being that's been given a job and freedom and purpose to work that out. And what that means is we are not self-aiming. And particularly, we're not just ruled by our instincts and our desires. We have a transcendent purpose. The purpose given to us here is way bigger than ourselves. And it's glorious. We're built for glory, built to be glorious carers, overseers of this world. And we don't get to choose that. Um, again, it's transcendent. God gives us that purpose. 
when we get to the next slide. Uh, when I was a kid, there was a dog food ad, and it said, um, your dog wants as much out of life as you do. Um, and, and the sort of tragedy is that for, and I'm not, I don't want to call you a dog, but the tragedy is that for many people, that's pretty right. By the way, I have a high view of dogs. I have Kelpies. Um, I think dogs actually are moral beings. That might be controversial, but dogs want some good stuff. They want security. They want to be loved and cared and be, and be part of a, a pack, a community that cares for them. Um, they want food. They would like sex if they could get it. Um, they even enjoy doing, Kelpie, they enjoy doing a job, but it's not transcendent. And many of us live life just at that sort of very instinctual level. And they're completely, well, mostly ruled by instincts. They follow their nose. Lots of us live like that, very base level. And often it's tragic. I met a, a woman many years ago on a housing estate where we were running a community barbecue. And the, she said to me, I'm not here for the barbecue, I'm here because I'm my boyfriend's just getting out of jail today, so I'm here to meet him. And she said, he's not a great boyfriend, he beats me up, but he's better than my previous boyfriend who shot me. And I just sort of think, it was, it was this huge tragedy, thinking, wow, how big is your imagination of what you are for and what you're made for? and what relationships are about and what this world is about and what we're called to be as humans. There's no transcendence. It's just so low. But we are built for loving service. That's what we're for, transcendent calling of each other and the world around us. It's really interesting with all the debates about sexuality, what it is to be human is a huge thing for us at the moment. And particularly when you talk about um, transsexuals. Um, I don't really want to get into the experience of, of and particularly the way that transsexuals are treated, but just at a really more fundamental creation level. Um, what's happened is people have completely decoupled what it is to be human from transcendence and purpose. In fact, absolutely, the idea of trans woman is a woman it comes from the idea that no, what, I, what my instinct, what my feelings, what my guts tell me, that is ultimate reality. If it tells me that, then it's simply true. And there's absolutely no objective purpose outside that can tell me anything different. But in the Bible, you are wondrously made, eternal spirit being that has a transcendent purpose and it's given to you by God. And the thing, like I just the whole speed at which our culture's just just sort of taken on board that idea that we can be completely self-aiming, self-determining. I'm just thinking, how did that happen? How did it happen so fast? And I just think, well, you know what? I get it because I would really prefer to be self-aiming myself. Um, I, I enjoy operating at an instinct level, a gut level, and that's the battle. I think the battle to be human, certainly the battle to be Christian is to live for our transcendent purpose and not just um, what our instincts tell us. And that leads us to the third passage, which comes from James. 
James chapter 1, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. We battle to transcend our desires and fulfill our calling. We battle to love, lovingly serve each other and care for this world, even though we know that it's right. And we're killing ourselves. Can you stick the next slide up? Okay, this is, this is what I think it's like. This, for me, is the, the best image of the of how temptation and sin works and desire works. Um, for me, this is my um, fast food of choice um, because it smells so good when you come close. Uh, you might have a different one, but when you come close, that first smell of KFC is brilliant. And the first bite is spectacular particularly if it's straight out of the pressure cooker. Um, best if it's like juicy, it's not juice, it's oil, right? But if it's, when it sort of runs down your chin, like that first bite, is, it's absolutely beautiful. But then the clue that it not all is good is that you get to the end of the bucket and you still, feel, you still feel hungry. And then a bit later on, you feel disgusting. And and then as the dietitians are alive and I told me, then you get heart arteries and then you die early. Um, but the sort of, but you see the process, the process is, it just taps into my desire and it, and our desires sort of, we, we're ruled by this desire and we taste it. And the first taste is good, um, but it, it's, it's a desire for something that's going to kill us. And that's how all sins operate. No one sins because it hurts, at least not initially. People don't take drugs because it hurts. People take drugs. It's the opposite. They're using it to anesthetise themselves. The first hit of heroin is fantastic. Um, and then it destroys you. Um, that's true of all those sort of animal sins, those... C.S. Lewis talked about animal sins and um, diabolical sins, the higher up ones, but the animal ones, the sexual sins. Flirting is fun. Um, unfaithful sex, the, 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 having an affair at the first moment, it's, people do it because it's appealing and it will, they're looking for something. I hope they will fill them up somehow. And the experience itself is fun, but it's afterwards that you're empty and then it destroys relationships and lives and families and kids. And um, that's the dynamic. Our desires drive us and we smell and we taste it and we entertain the desire and we walk down that road. It's true of the, the more the power sins as well. It's not just the, the gut level things, it's even the games we play in our minds. It's fun to win fights, win arguments. We feel good at the time, but it doesn't, winning fights doesn't help. <laughs> Again, it just damages. The, the challenge to be proper human is to transcend our desires and live for purpose. Um, 
a picture of a submarine, that's a story. I'll tell a different story. Um, my grandfather, a week or two ago, it was Anzac Day. It reminded me of my grandfather who was in the Somme in World War I. He was a, an Anzac. Um, and there's a lot of people here who would know their war history. The Somme was hell. It was horrible. It was just trench warfare. And he would, didn't say much about it, but he talked about how when hand grenades would sort of land in the trench, um, soldiers nearest to it would jump on the hand grenade and lie on it. And then it would go off and they'd be killed, but it would save everyone else in the trench because if no one had done that, then everyone dies. Now, war's hideous, but there's something really beautiful about that because what is your instinct at that moment? Um, it's to run, it's to save your skin, it's to look after yourself. Um, but because they were properly human, they transcended that. And, and they're willing to lovingly serve the people around them. We're wondrously made and we're wondrously purposed, but we, the torture, our battle is to live our purpose out. Um, to bat, the battle is, and the, the torture is with our desires. One more passage. Um, we are also wondrously redeemed for glory. This is the last passage. Hebrews 2. I won't read the whole thing out, but I want to highlight a few things. First of all, this is tapping into Psalm 8. Sort of reminding us, yeah, you're built for this. You're built for wonderful purpose. And you're built for glory. I've got to keep remembering that. We're built for eternal glory. But at present, we don't see everything subject. We're not entirely glorious. It's not fully worked out. There's lots in us that is not very glorious. We don't rule very well. The world is not as it's supposed to be. But what we do see is Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while. That's, again, tapping into the psalm, saying he, he joined us for a little while. He became one of us. And he's crowned with glory and honour because he suffered death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Um, and so Jesus came to redeem us from that battle and to rescue us and to make us ready for glory. It's not up there on the screen. Let me. There's one more verse, verse 18. That I just want to land on. And this is where I would like to land on it for us today. Um, verse 18, it says, For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. Um, so he came to redeem us, but um, because of that and because of his spirit, that same spirit that's made us alive once, it's made us alive again, and he can help us. He can help us in our temptations, in our battle to be properly human. And so I thought, let's end by asking for that. Let's ask for Jesus to help us, help us in our temptations. So what I'd like you to do is we'll just pause for a second. I want you to think of one battle that you have with temptation. It shouldn't take very long for you to come up with one. 
and then I'd like you to bring it to Jesus and ask him to help. So I'll give you a moment and then I'll pray. Heavenly Father, I want to pray for um, and thank you for every single person in this room. Thank you that everyone here is wondrously made and wondrously purposed. Um, thank you that in this room are just so many brilliant um, stories and lives and gifts and talents and relationships and families. Um, thank you too that you've called us as eternal bearers of your image filled with your spirit that you've called us to a high purpose and you've called us to glory um, but each of us too lord know that we battle we battle to live out that calling uh, we thank you that jesus came and stood with us um, that he didn't fall when he was tempted and that because he he didn't he went to the cross and he can help us and he can lead us into glory and lord we pray that the temptation that we have even now, the thing that you've brought to mind, um, that you would help us with that. Uh, you promise us, Lord, in 2 Corinthians 3, that um, by your spirit, you are transforming us from glory to glory. Um, you're fulfilling um, what it is to live as the image of God. Please come and do that for each person here. You know our struggles. Please come and help us. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.